You're listening to Faith FM, The Breakfast Show with Blake and Lawson at the helm with producer Shell behind the scenes, making it all happen with all the technical side of things. We just want to say uh, a little bit of a heavy note this morning with what's happening in Turkey. We're going to talk about that later on as well, too. There's been a, a very tragic earthquake that has taken place, and uh, we just want to take some time later on in the show. We're going to have a word of prayer in a moment for all the families that have uh, suffered with all this that's happening. Lawson, can you hear me? How are you doing? Yeah, of course. Uh, I mean, I'm good. Obviously, the the news about the earthquake is has really rocked the world and even us. I, I woke up, I'm like, oh, what earthquake? And then, yeah, heavy stuff. So, Yeah, it is. It's very, very heavy. Uh, in this moment of difficult times, I think it would actually be uh, really good to just start with prayer. So I'm just going to say a word of prayer, even right now, uh, for everyone listening. Uh, so let's, let's, let's pray. Father in heaven, we just want to uplift the families who are suffering right now in both northern Syria and southern Turkey. There has been just a tragic earthquake that has taken place. Uh, so many people have lost their lives. Thousands upon thousands of people are injured. And Lord, we just ask that you would send your ministering angels to comfort and help heal these people and protect them. We know that there's thousands of people that are trapped under the rubble as well, too. We just pray for them that you would uh, help them to be found and to uh, be discovered in time so that they can escape and uh, continue to live. And so, Lord, we just we just pray that in this moment that you would intercede and, and help it all to to be better. Thank you for hearing our prayer mm. and uh, for answering it according to your will. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Heavy well, stuff, for sure. <laughs> Incredibly. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Later on Faith FM, we're going to go through everything that has happened in Turkey and northern Syria as well, too. Uh, there is a little story about another uh, hot air balloon that has been discovered above Latin America, but I don't think we're going to get to it with all the stuff happening in Turkey and Syria. You're listening to The Breakfast Show, where we like to say, Huva Huomenta, which means good morning in Finnish here on The Breakfast Show. Live, we got Lawson. Uh, I believe you're in Toronto, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. But not Canada. Not in Toronto, Sh- Canada. Toronto. Toronto. Yeah, I uh, I'm I'm here at home. This is this is awesome. Like I I was doing radio down in Melbourne over Zoom, but now I'm in my home, my little setup, and it's the best because I literally just rolled out of bed into my chair. <laughs> and okay, I feel sorry is- for everyone who can't do radio like this, aka. Producer Shell, who had to drive into the studio this morning. So hopefully we can find a solution for her so she can roll out of bed too. I got to be honest, I'm missing the studio because this studio is so cold. I I, I come in here every it's day. It's not and, that Ooh. cold, bro. Come on. Stop you it. Know, well, uh, okay. Like Finland isn't that cold. I, you know. Right. Have you ever been to Melbourne? <laughs> anyways let's have our first clue for the quiz this morning my father said i was a ravenous wolf which devours his prey in the morning and divides the plunder in the evening so 
That's the first clue. 500 points. If you get that correct, you'll go into the draw with the most amount of points to win our Bible study companion set. Epic, awesome volumes that take you through the entire history of the Bible from before Genesis to after Revelation. Now, this clue, you can answer this one. You'll get 500 points. But if you get it wrong, then you're out. Now, the clues will get easier and easier and easier as we go through the show. And then eventually, you know, but even though they get easier, they get less, you get less rewarded. So you'll get less points. But again, that clue was, my father said I was a ravenous wolf, which devours his prey in the morning and divides the plunder in the evening. 0491-064-669. So, Lawson, here's what I'm, I'm just trying to process this uh, right now, actually. Okay. Uh Uh-huh. You are, you're in Toronto, Australia. Uh Uh-huh. Is that any warmer than Melbourne? Yes. So much warmer. It's going to be like 29 degrees today, 30 degrees. Oh wow, that is that sounds really nice right now. I I want that in my it's, life. It is so much warmer than Melbourne. Well, Melbourne would be like thirty seven and then the next day would be like nineteen degrees. Melbourne Melbourne has severe weather issues. But, you know, it it's got a nice city to make up for it. Okay. Well, what's uh what's some uh, news that you have for us? So, we've got some good news this morning actually coming out of Australia because Australian scientists at the University of Adelaide have split seawater into hydrogen. No way. So, they've scooped water out of the sea and split it into hydrogen, which is incredibly impressive because, well, firstly, hydrogen is being used as a fuel. A lot of companies are getting on the hydrogen train in terms of making engines that use hydrogen. Toyota especially is making a big push for hydrogen electric engines. The amazing thing about hydrogen is that it burns and there's no emissions, essentially. The only emission that you have from burning hydrogen is literal water vapor, which that's like Nothing. This is a big deal because I thought if they, if you split those, like if you, I thought if you split the hydrogen atom, it turns into like a giant bomb, right? Well, liquid hydrogen, the type that can be put in your car, there is a way to, you know, they they have special hydrogen fuel cells so that it doesn't blow up. I mean, petrol can also be a bomb. Petrol's very flammable as well. But no, here's what's crazy to me. Like, so you're basically saying they scooped water out of the ocean. Uh huh. Oh, and they have the ability to turn that into fuel? So the really impressive thing particularly about this is that they didn't need to put it through a bunch of pre-treatment processes like reverse osmosis desolation or purification or alkalization. Uh, Usually that's something you'd have to do, especially to seawater, given how dirty it is, given how full of salt it is. Whereas they're able to literally just scoop it out run it through their machine, which at the moment is a bit patent pending, so they don't wanna they don't wanna drop all the Feel secrets. Too much. Yeah, that's right. But they've been able to literally scoop it out of the sea, put it through their machine, and as a result, bam, hydrogen fuel. Now the big thing about this is that 
one of the huge concerns about hydrogen, although hydrogen is the single most abundant element in the world, it's very, it's considered to be very difficult to separate, you know, hydrogen and oxygen in water so that you just have pure hydrogen at a lot of, to the point where people said it was impossible, namely Elon Musk, but at the same time, he was the he is the CEO of a business that makes engines that don't run on hydrogen. So I could definitely see in his position why he would want to say that hydrogen doesn't work, not necessarily from a scientific or development standpoint, but from a business standpoint. But essentially, they've been able to do this. And not only is hydrogen one of the most abundant elements in the world, but where we would get hydrogen, seawater is one of the most abundant substances on earth there is more water than land there there is so much there i don't think there is an amount of water that we could take from the ocean that would even have an effect and again once the hydrogen engine you know leaves vapor of water it just evaporates goes into the sky and then just rain downs like rains down again so that's the crazy thing about the whole the whole situation here is basically what you're saying is there's an infinitesimal amount of hydrogen available for these fuel uh, for these fuel run cars on hydrogen and now if they if they can actually pull this thing off it's a pretty big deal now like absolutely and they're probably going to patent this technology it's going to be bought by Chevron and destroyed. So, oh. like, like I mean, by they're, they're probably going to patent this technology. It's going to be bought out by a big oil company and then shelved, which is sad. But I hope that something like this happens. Again, the car companies are really pushing for this, and especially Toyota. They're making a lot of hydrogen models. They've unveiled. So I'm really to keen to see if this actually makes it through into the commercial space. Like, that, that, yeah, that's, kind of- that's my hope. That'd be kind of a crazy thing. I, if I'm not mistaken, I watched a, like, a documentary on the solar vehicle not too long ago, basically electric cars. Mm-hmm. And they had the technology almost like 20, 30 years ago to have fully electric vehicles. But it was the big uh, tycoon fuel companies basically said, nope, we're not going to have it yet. We're not ready for it. We don't want to do it. And so mm-hmm. to see Toyota putting out hydrogen fuel cars makes me think that either – they're trying to get ahead of this thing or they're even maybe a part of it as well too and recognizing that they don't want to have the economic dependence upon you know countries that are rich in oil such yeah. as you know middle eastern countries like saudi arabia and also america as well too that has a lot of oil and venezuela you know places like this that they're dependent on world governments to dictate their supply uh, and demand chains absolutely and what Tesla proved was that you could have a successful car company without reliance on the oil machine, uh, without that system. Now, again, from my it point of view... It makes me think what the oil machine will do, though. Yeah, that's right. They, they are very wealthy, and we'll, we'll see what happens. But also, from the other side, to drive around cars that don't harm the Earth, you know, and we can use... And, uh, we can use a resource that is so abundant that God has given us so much of that is completely renewable. 
essentially it's a win-win-win-win-win situation. I don't see the problem here, but maybe you have some th- thoughts. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. It maybe maybe some drawbacks of hydrogen that I'm not seeing. If you guys have any thoughts, give us a text and let us know. Hydrogen vehicles, seawater into hydrogen fuel. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, I want to know what people think about that as well too. I'm 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 very interested in this whole endeavor, and I I think it I think it has a bright future, and the opportunities mm. there are kind of limitless with what it can be used for. I'm mm. excited. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. From Finland, from Toronto, uh, <laughs> they're in Newcastle, yeah, Newcastle, New South Wales, with Lawson and producer Shell there in Wallsend or Ellermervale, depending on how you want to pull that off. We also want to do a shout out to Wodonga, New South Wales. I hope I said that right. Eighty-eight point yeah. on the FM channels, and then Possum Bay. In Tasmania. Opossum. Opossum? Not just possum. I think, isn't that how possum is pronounced? Opossum. It's got an O at the front. Yeah, I know, but I'm pretty sure that's how possum is spelled. Opossum. With with an O? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. You You call possums opossums. No, it's spelled opossum. It's called possum. Really? I'm. I'm I'm pretty much certain about that actually. So Am I crazy? But, well Yeah. It's Wait, true. It is? <laughs> yeah, from no, positive. this is I this is a lie. You were today years old when you found out that Possum Bay is just pronounced like that but starts with an O in Tasmania. No, but possum starts out to, with an O. Yeah, I know that. But it's just pronounced possum. I've I've never I've never Never known that. Yeah, kind of like Nat starts with a G. Wild time. You know, else is wild. <laughs> we have Michael Worker. He is with us on the phone, and I want to just catch. I want to hear from him about what's happening with I Will Ride. I think you guys have finished the journey from Melbourne all the way to Kernbong. You met up with the guys uh, coming down from Brisbane. Are you Are you with us, Michael? Yeah, yeah, no, we're 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 almost in Kurumbong. So, the um, Melbourne team, we're just about to leave Sydney Adventist Hospital in in uh, Wurunga and ride up to Kurumbong, and uh, the Brisbane team are just heading down from Port Stephens. So, yeah, hopefully about one one thirty today, we're all going to meet up and uh, ready for the the final ride down University Drive at Avondale. It's interesting that you think that you're almost to Kernbong, uh, yeah. because if I was on a bike where you are, mm-hmm. I would not be thinking myself at all. I would, <laughs> I would think Perspective like is an amazing thing, isn't it? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would be I would be thinking to myself, yeah, we're at an, an impossible distance uh, from the university right now. But you're going to ride there today from, from Sydney. You're going to ride all the way to yeah. Kernbong. Wow, that's that's really it's, it's, wild. It's actually going to be one of our shortest days. Would you believe that? We've done 1,130 k's from Melbourne so far in seven days of riding. So it's about 160 mm. something a day. Wow. Yeah. So it's only 120 today. It's an easy one. We just cruise up uh-huh. through the Hawkesbury. A nice cruise. Blake, you could do that. Easy 120. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's just well, easy. You know, just roll the legs over. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I got to just like see if I could even, I don't even know if I could do 20. I will, I'll have to give that a shot sometime. That's a lot of writing. It's just, I've never done a lot of writing. So I'm just like, it just seems like a long ways to go without a vehicle. But apparently it can be done and you're going to do it today, which is pretty wild. So how's your trip been? Like, what do you feel like? It's, it's, are you tired or are you feeling good? Look, if we're honest, we're, we're probably a little bit physically tired. But the, when you go on these longer rides, day after day, you actually get stronger on the bike. So we're, we're, we're certainly stronger, even though we're a bit physically tired. But the real highlight's just been meeting people as we've gone through towns, um, cities, um, just stopping by the side of the road, chatting to farmers. You know, Australia is just made up of the most amazing people. And to be able to share hope with them, you know, uh, to tell them about the story of Frederick Rieke, Philip Rieke, and um, to be able to say, hey, we'd love to give you a free book that tells you about right. the future, tells you about hope, um, and just to hear some of the people open up to us and share their stories, uh, to pray with them. Uh, that That's what it's really been about, and we've been blessed, really, really blessed. Yeah, that that does sound like an incredible journey. The whole the whole I will ride uh, movement really is what it's become. You know, it, it starts mm. with one thing and then it's growing and growing and growing. And having the opportunity to give out that literature is such a such a blessing. Now I know you guys are you're about to leave if I'm not mistaken, yes. right? Yep, yep. Couple of minutes, okay. we'll we'll start rolling. <laughs> so you're from you're you're basically starting from Sydney and you're you're going all the way. Are you going to go up the freeway? Is that how no, it works? no, no. We'll go up the old Pacific Highway. Um, so going out through Barara and uh, up up around Mount White, then we'll we'll cut through Carryong and uh, yeah, make our way um, through to through to Kurumbong. Well, all, I hope that our listeners. Yeah, I hope <laughs> our listeners are are actually listening and uh, come out uh, to the the places that you just mentioned to get some. Uh, photographs to get some interactions and to even get some literature from you guys as well too. We wish you all the best, Michael. We hope that you guys are safe on the road and that you finish strong as you meet up with the, the other fellas. We've been talking to them as well too from Brisbane, uh, Rush mm-hmm. and the crew. Uh, you guys are going to meet up and go down the university drive as well too. Hopefully we can see that on social media and, and on the website as well too. We are really, really proud of you guys for doing this and, and raising uh, awareness for what happened so long ago, but also reminding us how important it is to spread the gospel and hand out literature that can change people's lives. This is great stuff. Wonderful. Great to chat to you guys. You you have a wonderful day. Awesome. You too. Stay safe out there, Michael. See ya. All right. That was Michael Worker. He is about to ride a, a distance that seems unfathomable to me, but he uh, is able to do that with his whole whole team. They've ridden up all the way from Melbourne. They're going to finish the short little 120 kilometer ride that seems so long to me. And then uh, the guys coming down from Brisbane are going to meet up with them. I think that's incredible stuff. What's, uh, what's also happening in the world, which is unfortunate, uh, we have had uh, a terrible earthquake has actually taken place in Turkey with reports coming in from what I can tell are about 2,700 people have 
been confirmed to lose their life uh, with about 11,000 people uh, injured and mm. more missing as well too. It is just, it's a, it's a, it's a tragedy. Uh, it was a 7.8 magnitude earthquake. It struck Southern Turkey, uh, which is near the Northern border of Syria. And then, I believe there was a second one uh, in northern uh, in northern Syria that also hit almost immediately right after as well too, and so there are people who are displaced, people who are have lost their lives and families that are even currently trapped under the rubble. And earlier in the show, we had a prayer for the families and for those people who are uh, in that situation. It is it's a terrible thing, you know, to mm. see these these things happening, and unfortunately. We're going to see this more and more as we move closer to the second coming, uh, as we see what's happening in the world. This has prophetically been foretold that there will be earthquakes all around the world. And one thing that I find interesting, when we talk about Bible prophecy, the intensity of these events and the frequency in between these events will only increase. So intensity and the frequency both increase similar to the birthing pangs of a pregnant woman who is about to give birth. And so as we see more wars and rumors of wars and famines and pestilences and earthquakes all happening and the intensity of them increasing and the propensity of them increasing as well too, uh, it is a fulfillment of these Bible prophecy uh, that we have in the in the word of God that assure us that jesus is coming back mm. but the difficulty thing the difficult thing is that things are just going to get worse and worse as we continue to go now Lawson, i've only just realized you have a quiz you got 40 seconds go for I it i do have a quiz to do the question the clue sorry my mother died immediately after she gave birth to me heavy situation but if you know the answer to this one 0491 of course we have the one answer throughout the show this morning the clues are getting easier and easier 0491 my mother died immediately after she gave birth to me call or text us with the correct answer and get your entries in for the prize for this week you're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. All right, you're listening to Faith FM, the Breakfast Show, right here live from Finland. We've got Lawson on the guitar, but he is not playing that anymore. Right but now. he was in the middle. That Lawson, it sounded Lawson, great. Out. Lawson, give us a quiz all the way from Ron out. <laughs> Mate, we have another clue for you guys one tribe of israel bears my name now that narrows it down severely if you know who this is then 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text of course amazing prize for this week the conflict of the ages box set become your own theologian read these amazing commentaries study your way through these passages and really get deep into the bible that's the opportunity that we are giving you so again that number is 0491-064-669 and that clue is one of the tribes of Israel bears my name. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Thanks, Lawson. That is 
Uh, I have a guest here with me in Finland. She's not actually from Finland. She's not from Australia. She's from America. And that whole conversation we were having about possums, I have an answer for you. Uh, really? We have a text. A text has come in. And apparently, if you're from America, it does sound like that. And if you're from Australia, it doesn't. Ooh. If you're from America, you say opossum. No, we don't. We say possum, but it's spelled possum. Opossum. Okay. Do we spell it opossum? No, you spell it with just the P. That's, That's why you were. That's what I thought. That yeah. I, I'm like, have I been have I been so blind my whole life? But <laughs> no, I haven't. It's this is just... from Karen. Text us in. I'll read it right now. Apparently, possums and opossums are different animals. Possums have furry tails and live in Australia, while opossums have a bear tail and they're the most hideous creatures on planet Earth and live in North and South America. <laughs> <laughs> that part was not in the text message, but as a personal opinion only held by Blake Pinland. Uh, we are here with Laura Westberg, and you are from a region. Well, I don't know if you, I actually don't know where you're from, but you go to college in a region where there's a lot of opossums. That is true. We do have opossums in Tennessee. Yeah, that's right. So you're, you went to uh, Southern, is that correct? Yes, I uh, attend Southern Adventist University. Southern Adventist University, which is right there in uh, Tennessee, Collegedale, Tennessee, kind of, kind of in between uh, North Carolina and Kentucky and South Carolina, kind of like in that little corner pocket. At least that's where I remember it to be. I could be wrong about that, uh, but it's a beautiful country over there, beautiful uh, landscape, and the campus might be the most beautiful Adventist campus that I know of. I would agree. Yeah, yeah. you would agree? Yeah. Okay. No bias or anything, Not for sure. <laughs> now, uh, what do you actually do at the – what are you studying, and, and what do you do at the at the campus? So I am in my fourth year of business administration at Southern, um, but aside from being a student, I also work on campus, and my campus job is I work um, in the Office of Ministry and Missions. And the department that I work for is a student missions office, which is a program that we have to offer our students the opportunity to spend one to two semesters um, serving abroad as a missionary, supporting different Adventist ministries around the world. Okay, so essentially, if if someone goes to the college there at Southern, and they go, hey, you know what? I just want to go and live overseas and serve uh, the church. I want to serve the Lord. I want to spread the gospel. They come to you? Yeah, exactly it. What's the, what's the process there? Walk me through that. Um, so Southern offers like kind of a middleman between the ministries and the students. Um, students can get credit, um, service credit. So you get six credits per semester if you love to take the class while you're out. We provide fundraising platforms and buy the plane tickets and get insurance and help do everything as long as the students will fundraise. Um, we help get them into the field. We give them the options. We talk to the ministries and we support them while we're out while they're out there. Okay, so they've got to fundraise for themselves for their for their trip, but you kind of create the platform for them to actually get there. Okay, excellent. Where give me uh give me like five different countries that you know of people that have gone uh as missionaries from the student missions there at Southern. So what are five different countries? Uh five that I can think of. Um I personally was in Zambia, Africa. My best friend is currently serving as a nurse at an orphanage in Bolivia. Wow. Um you can uh, I had a friend that did friendship evangelism at the Adventist University in Hong Kong. Okay. Um 
Wow, those are diverse places. So we got Bolivia, Zambia, Hong Kong. Where are two more? Um, someone is currently serving at Bogenhofen in Austria. Ooh, and nice. Um, and in the U.S., we also have domestic uh, serving domestic missionaries serving at different in America. Enemies. Yes. Oh, so interesting. Deans, uh, assistant girls, deans, boys, deans, and like task task force task force workers yeah. at academies or working at lifestyle centers. Those types of things as well. Wow, that's really cool. Uh, I didn't. I actually didn't know that. Now you are heading. I mean, you've taken a very long path, very out of uh, a very long path out of the way. But you're eventually going to get to Australia. Yes. But you have you kind of either you missed a flight or something happened and you got dropped off here in Finland. <laughs> How'd that happen? Well, um, the whole Australia thing is a long story. I kind of caught the bug for missions. Um, when I was in high school, went on some short-term trips and I spent a year doing student missions in Zambia. And after that, got my job working with student missions. And recently, I think this summer started to feel in a call in my heart to go out and serve again. And I'm not quite finished with school and this would put me back a little bit, but I really felt like God was um, calling me to Australia. And there's a little bit of a longer story behind that. But when I finally realized that that was where God really was calling me, I actually had a friend who had an Australian friend who happened to know Morgan, who works at the Avondale Church. Yep. And um, through that connection, I was able to... Uh, get a position volunteering with the church there on Avondale's campus and was invited on this trip to Finland on my way to Australia because I'd have to lay over somewhere anyway. So it was perfect timing. And I guess God orchestrated it because here I am. <laughs> That's perfect. So and then when you go to, when you go to uh, Avondale, you're going to be, what, what are you going to be doing there? Just wondering. Um, Kind of. I think my official role is just like Bible working on campus, working with the students, um, kind of part of the spiritual leadership team, just there to, I guess, doing student missions and being a volunteer kind of puts you in a lot of different places. Your role is to be flexible and be there for the church. And so a lot of different things all at once, but um, serving in whatever way is needed of me. Right, right. And, and what I, what I've heard is that you want to get some people excited about doing student mission work even out of Australia. Yeah. Which is probably a good place to start because there's a whole mission trip of young people who are here in yes. Finland as well, too. What's been your, what's been your experience here so far? Has it been fun? Has it been cold? Has it been both? <laughs> <laughs> both for sure. Has it been both? Yeah. They say that it's been a mild winter here. God has been gracious to us. <laughs> I think he knew that. Um, coming from warmer places, we wouldn't quite be able to handle. Um, Do they really say this has been mild? They said this is mild. I mean, it gets this cold in Tennessee. Wow. Like zero degrees Celsius about. It gets that cold where I'm from. Do you know how cold it is right now? No, I don't. It's negative nine Celsius. What is that in Fahrenheit? (laughs) Like, I don't know. Let me look it up. I haven't quite adjusted yet to the Australian (laughs) way of doing things. I know, yeah. All that, so... It's very cold though. Let me, let me put it that way. It is not, uh, not a, a simple, uh, not a, not a simple cold. It's, it's very, very yeah. cold. And tonight the moon is out and it's clear sky. So the temperature is going to drop, drop, drop mm-hmm. as well too. Yeah. So that's what happens. Cold so what, what have you actually been doing while you've been here as well too? I saw, I think I saw you painting. Yeah. A lot of painting. So we've been doing renovations here at Koivico. 
And the big thing is that they need, they have a lot of space and God has gifted them with a wonderful campus here. Um, but the big thing is it's a lot of work to renovate everything, to make it ready to host people. And they want to host classes to teach people how to share the gospel and health and wellness, that type of thing. And so it's a really big thing what we're doing. It's a lot of hard work and it's painting walls and all sorts of little tedious things. But when it comes down to it, it's the type of work that needs to be done to give them the ability to use this resource God has given them to continue sharing. To help make it sustainable. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure as well. Now, you, I want to go back here a little bit because we kind of talked about it, but we skipped over it a little bit. So you went to Zambia. I did. What did you do in Zambia? Was it by a river? Yes, <laughs> Riverside. So I was at Riverside Farm Institute in Kafue, Zambia, which is about an hour south of the capital, Lusaka. And um, I went in 2020, which was the year of COVID. Um, God had great plans. And I didn't know for me, it was just a little bit of an escape. Africa was much more laid back about COVID. And I just kind of like jumped ship. I was like, you know, I want to get out of here. I don't want to be stuck at home. Decided to go serve and God had amazing plans for that. I ended up teaching English to a kindergarten class at the school there at Riverside Farm. And it was a beautiful experience. What do they grow there at Riverside Farm? A lot of things, primarily bananas. Um, it's a huge farm. Um, and the reason why this ministry is so awesome is that the model that they use really develops the community. So there is a school and they teach, they train Bible workers. Um, they build churches. There's a clinic and a lifestyle and wellness center. But the big thing is all of this is sustained by the big farm, which also provides jobs to the community and food. And so all of this um, kind of creates a model that is self-sustaining, but really builds up the community, providing jobs for people and giving people the ability to send their kids to school, providing education, providing um, medical, meeting the physical needs, the spiritual needs, um, education, emotional needs, all of these things. And it's a really lovely place. Okay, so that's that's in southern Zambia, right on the border of Zimbabwe or close to Zimbabwe there? Um, it's about a six-hour drive on a, yeah, on those roads there. It's Okay, <laughs> yeah. so it's, a, it's not right next to Zimbabwe. Okay. Not quite, not Okay, quite. interesting. All right, so, and you spent, how long did you say? I was there for one school year, but it was about nine months, so September to June. Okay, so because in Australia the September the school year is basically January to December, so summertime okay, starts in December. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So you're gonna have to get used to that. And when you arrive in Australia, it's going to be a beautiful summer. We just got we just got this in from producer Shell. Negative nine degrees Celsius is fifteen degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah, no, that's cold. That's very very cold. Yeah, absolutely. Because thirty two degrees is where it starts to freeze, and that's zero degrees yeah. Celsius for sure. So. All right. Now I'm just, uh, wondering, okay, you're studying business administration, but you're serving, you're doing a lot of like mission type of work. What, what are some of your kind of big picture plans that you have moving forward with that qualification? So I feel called to do mission work long term. That is my life goal. And, um, initially when I started at, uh, uni, as Australians say, yep. um, I actually wanted to study some type of like maybe religion or theology or missions. Um, and I actually got good counsel from someone. Um, and in praying about it, decided to change my major to business and have found that, um, 
looking forward, it's a very practical and good skill to have going into missions. Um, a place like Riverside in the model that I kind of explained how that works to develop a community and give you avenues to um, share the gospel with people uh, needs like practical business knowledge uh, just as much as it needs anything else. And so to be able to know, I would love to open a place like that and run something, a nonprofit, self-sustaining type of uh, ministry that would develop a community in a country, like wherever God leads. But like, that's kind of my goal. That's what I'd love to do. So to kind of take the the skill set of business administration, but use it for the glory of the kingdom of heaven. Absolutely. That sounds like a really good goal. Yeah. yeah. So that's, and then you got one more year before you graduate. Yeah. So when I get back from Australia in July, I will start my last year at Southern. Okay. So, and then that starts in September. Yeah. Yeah. Or end of August. Yeah. Right. Okay. There we go. So one more semester or one more uh, semester abroad, mm-hmm. essentially is what you're doing. And then one more year and then you're, you're free to travel all around the world. Any, any thoughts on where you want to go after, after this? No, more recently, I've really been um, thinking about uh, somewhere within the 1040 window. For those of you that don't know what the 1040 window is, it is between 10, uh, 10 degrees and 40 degrees latitude. Um, like if you look at the map, there's like this big rectangle that kind of encompasses North Africa and like Asia and the Middle East. Middle East, Asia. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And this area of the world is um, really a target area, especially knowing that, you know, before Jesus comes, every person has to hear to all nations and tribes and tongues. And this is a place of the world where millions of people have no access to Christianity. Um, in Australia, you live in a reached country in America. We live in a reached country and a country that is reached means people have access to Christianity it means that there's a church down the street or their neighbor might be a Christian. That they can go to. Yes. They may not, but they can. They've heard of Christianity. They're familiar ish with it. Um, but when you go somewhere in the 1040 window, primarily a lot of religions are Muslim and Hindi, uh, things like that where People don't have that same access to Christianity and in some places where it is illegal to share your faith and to proselytize at all, to evangelize. Um, and those are the kind of places that we really need to target with missions, but it's a little bit of a different model of missions. It's not what you would traditionally think of as going out and just preaching, um, but it takes things like what we call tent making, which is going with your career or a skill and getting a job somewhere or running a business and being a Christian influence. You're allowed to share your faith if somebody asks you what you believe. Uh, and those kinds of things through prayer and friendship evangelism and starting to influence people towards Christianity. You can be a seed planter and you might be um, in this type of scenario, like going to a place where no one might have ever met a Christian. You could be somebody's first impression of Jesus. And we need more of that. That's a beautiful, beautiful goal. So you might, uh, it sounds like you see yourself in that 1040 window in a few years with your business, business administration degree and a heart for mission. Laura, Laura Westberg, thank you for joining us on Faith FM. It's been an absolute pleasure and we look forward to seeing how God leads in your life as you leave Finland, go to Australia and uh, into the 1040 window someday. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.